Welcome to the latest edition of the Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell and uh, joined by my colleague, Pat Rooney. How are you, Pat? Good, Brian. You've been covering training camp, preseason camp for a month. And uh, are you ready for game day? Yeah, I'm a little tired of uh, of talking about this team. And we've done that for about eight months. So um, I'm kind of ready for a football game. Yeah, I think you and everyone else. A uh, lot of excitement always at the end of camp. Uh, I know the players are excited, but uh, hey, us media media guys too. Uh, it gets to be a grind, and, and certainly ready to to see some action out there on Friday night. Yeah, and I'm ready to see if uh, all this Kool Aid that's been fed to us uh, um, is yeah. actually legit, right? And and you know, see if this team is as good as uh, the Buffs say they are. You know, it's funny. You know, when you sometimes you go back and look at some of the things you did the previous year because some of the things we do can be the same, right? Some of the preview things we do. Um, and so you look back at some of the quotes from a year ago and it's like, huh, they were saying the same exact thing a year ago <laughs> and they yeah. finished four and eight, you know, and, um, you know, so it's, I think it's always interesting this time of year because there is that, uh, that, uh, anticipation and that, that positivity that comes out of the team because they're obviously excited and they see themselves and they, and they think, we put in all this work. We're going to be really good, and and then you get out to the the schedule and go through all that, and they're really not as good as you think. So I'm I'm looking forward to just seeing how good is this team really because I don't think we really know. And I guess going into this because we don't really know a um, lot of question mark. It, it, it's strange. There, there's small groupings within the buff. Certainly, maybe up front on defense comes to mind. Perhaps some spots on offensive line. There's a lot of experience there not so much in other areas. What are you most looking forward to seeing on Friday night? Yeah, the result aside, we'll get into that in a minute, but it just as far as the buffs coming out, yeah, n- new schemes on both sides of the ball, what are you most looking forward to seeing? Well, I, I think the obvious answer is I'm looking forward to seeing who takes the first snaps at quarterback. Uh, that's the obvious one. We'll get into that. But I think um, I'm interested in seeing what this offense looks like because that was the the biggest downfall of last year was the offense was just so terrible. And, you know, everybody was so ready to move on from Darren Shiverini and, you know, a lot of those uh, things that were going on with that offense and, you know, some of the top playmakers from last year are gone. So I'm just eager to see what does the Mike Sanford offense look like? Is it really better? And are the players better at executing it? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on on that one. I, you know, you know me, I'm kind of an offensive guy uh, with football and um, certainly uh, going to be curious to see how, you know, especially some of the young faces in the secondary respond. Uh, but yeah, offensively, new scheme um, under Mike Sanford going to see who's going to be a quarterback. Like you said, I'm, I'm you know, I, I was talking to someone uh, the other day, a fan uh, at one of my kids' school asked me what I thought. Apparently, he didn't read the preview column. Uh, <laughs> um, but he also asked who I thought would be the quarterback. I, I think JT Shrout will get the nod. Um, you know, I just think from what we know, he sees the field better. You know, unless Brendan Lewis has improved by leaps and bounds and, and um, in, in, in that area, uh, just, I don't know. JT, I feel like the offense might function better on a whole with JT in there. Uh, you know, Coach Jarrell said he, he might try to get both of them in there. I'm not sure I believe that one. Um, but I think we're going to see JT. You know, I know Carl Durrell has talked up Brendan Lewis, even going back into the summertime. 
Um, you know, he, he didn't say his job to, to, to lose, but uh, the, the spirit of, of, of kind of what Carl Durrell was saying a few times was along those lines. But uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I just, you know, better downfield passer. Uh, hopefully the knee is completely healed. You know, we've heard nothing but, but good reports there on JT Strout. And, uh, you know, I just think this offense is, is looking for, looking for a spark and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on Friday night, but that's my guess. What do you think? Yeah. It's interesting. Cause, um, you and I have totally different takes on, uh, on who it's going to be. You know, I, I think it's going to be Brendan Lewis taking the first snaps and, you know, I, I, I go back to Carl Durrell's comments a few days ago where, where he's, he said the reason why they're going to go with both is that he said, if you're going to unseat the guy who's already been in there, you've got to be basically leaps and bounds better. And JT wasn't. Uh, and he said there wasn't enough done there to, to unseat Brennan Lewis yet. And so um, I think he's going to give the nod to Brennan Lewis, at least those first snaps. And, uh, and I think they're definitely both going to play. I, I think I would be shocked if they, if they both don't play and, um, I think they're both going to play quite a bit, and but I do think I expect the very first snaps to be Brendan Lewis, just based on some of the comments that I've heard from Darrell, um, especially that one where he said there wasn't enough done to unseat the incumbent, which is Brendan Lewis. So um, I do think we'll see both. Uh, I agree with you that I think JT is the better quarterback, and I've predicted a, uh, that it would be JT all off season. Uh, but listening to what I'm listening to. Um, I think they're going to go with uh, Brendan Lewis for that first drive. And then it becomes a matter of, are we looking at a quick hook situation if he struggles, or do you think there's going to be a plan to get JT in there uh, at a certain point in the game, regardless how Brendan Lewis is playing, you know, except, you know, maybe if Brendan Lewis comes out, goes eight for eight, lightening up, you roll with it. Short of that, uh, how quick is the hook and, uh, or, or is it, is it a, you know, kind of more of a scripted thing where you get him in at, at this point in the game? Yeah. You know, he was asked that yesterday, um, you know, whether his decision is going to be based on a script, gut feeling game flow. And he kind of smiled and said all of the above. And so I think there's probably a plan in place to maybe go, you know, Brendan, the first quarter, JT, the second quarter, something like that. Uh, but if things it, no matter how the game goes, that could totally change that. I mean, if Brendan, you know, throws a pick on the first play or whatever, um, and then comes out second drive and it's three and out, then maybe you go quickly to JT Stroud. You know, if Brendan goes eight for eight and they're up 14 nothing after the first quarter, maybe you don't make that change yet. And so um, I think that there's probably a plan in place that I, I think we would, if they go by the plan, we probably see both of them in the first half. But uh, I think it's going to be based on the game, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that develops because I think I don't even think they know how it's going to go yet just because of how the game is going to flow. Personally, I'm a little skeptical on the we're, idea that we're going to see both quarterbacks regardless. You know, Coach Durrell has said this each of the last two seasons. You and I have talked about this. Each of the last two years, he's talked about getting – the one and two quarterbacks into the game, especially in early season games, and it has never happened. Uh, now, granted, last year maybe a little bit different situation. He kept saying he wanted to get Drew Carter in, kept wanting to get Drew Carter in. It didn't really happen, not in any sort of meaningful way anyway. And that might be a little different situation. Drew Carter, true freshman at the time, 
uh, was not projected to be the number two guy. Obviously, the JT Shroud injury and, and, and other attrition in the offseason kind of left him being being the only guy there in the backup role. Uh, but Carl Durrell still said he's going to try to get both guys in. He said it the year before with Tyler Lytle and, and Sam Neuer. That never happened either. So for me, it's I'm a little skeptical. Uh, only you know might might be a little bit different situation here. Might be a little bit closer competition with with guys that might be a little bit more accomplished than, than either the the last two seasons uh, worth of, of of quarterback battles. But until it actually happens, I'm going to be a little skeptical of taking Carl Durrell at his word about the quarterback situation, at least as far as both guys seeing action. Yeah, and, and I I can understand that, but I, I would say that you know I think that they he proved in both of those years that he wasn't really trusting either of those backups. I mean, you remember at one point in twenty twenty, you know, uh, Sam Neuer was totally banged up, and they still went with him over a healthy Tyler Lytle, uh, which tells me they didn't trust Tyler, and and they were when Tyler decided to leave, they were kind of like, okay, see you later. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal to them, and and Drew Carter, I don't think that he ever thought he was ready last year. I think that they believe they've got two guys that are ready to roll and can help them uh, help them win. And I believe that they think both these guys are in a better position than anybody was in the previous two years, uh, even the starters. So, and with Mike Sanford being there, I think it's a little bit different than you know Danny Langsdorf and Darren Shiverini, uh kind of running the offense last year. So, um, I understand the skepticism, but I believe that he's got two guys that he believes are ready to go, and he's really isn't sure who the best quarterback is and wants to see both of them in a game situation before he decides. And so I think it's a little bit different situation than it was the last two years, but, but we'll see, you know, as you've said, you know, he has said before, we're going to try to get this guy in this guy in and it never happens. So, you know, there's part of me that, that agrees with you that until we see it, you know, I don't know how to believe it, but I think that it, it is a different situation. And so we'll find out on a Friday night. I also think it's tough, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Brendan Lewis maybe doesn't have the track record yet to warrant this kind of trust. But I don't know. I think it's tough if you give a guy a start. Okay, he does throw a pick right away. I mean, if you give him a quick hook, what does that say to the team? What does that say to that quarterback about your your confidence level in him? It's great, you know, if if, if it turns out you have two guys you're completely uh, have complete trust in and can turn to. You know, that, that's certainly a bonus. But, um, you know, if, if, if it's a quick hook situation, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to name a starter, you got to give him a chance to be the starter. And that includes working through your mistakes. You know, if it compounds, what I mean, there comes a point where you got to got to pull a guy. But you also can't have a guy out there that's scared to make a mistake. Yeah, and, and we saw that with Brendan last year. And I think. That's where I think that Brennan would get the start is that he's had a year and now, all right, we'll give you, we'll give you the start this one. Let's see how you take it. You know, can you run with this and, and, and seize this job? And if he struggles out of the gates, I think that there's that quick hook a little bit, but I also think that the coaches are preparing the the quarterbacks for that, that, Hey, you got to perform if you want to stay in the game. And so I think if they know that going in, it's a competitive situation and, and uh, maybe it makes you play better. Or maybe it makes you too nervous and you don't play that well. But um, either way, it's a it's certainly not a the conventional way to go uh, with a quarterback situation going into a season. But, uh, you know, I think that the Buffs are in a situation where they almost have to play both and figure it out. 
Well, we'll see what happens. Obviously, all eyes will be on the quarterback situation. I, you know, with any team, that's obviously a key for for how things will go all year. But uh, a lot more going on in this one. How do you see this game shaking out? You know, it's always tough to predict the first one. Um, you know, especially in in the bus case, new schemes on both sides of the ball. Uh, TCU has their own uh, kind of who's going to start at quarterback situation going on. What's your thoughts? Uh, how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, this one's so interesting because I just saw this morning the line has moved even more in favor of of TCU. It was ten and a half last week. Uh, it's now up to fourteen. And frankly, Pat, I, I don't understand it. I mean, TCU is coming off of you know four consecutive pretty mediocre seasons. Uh, you know, fired their longtime head coach or well mutually parted ways with their longtime head coach last year. They have a new head coach in Sonny Dykes, so they've got all these new schemes that they're trying to learn. They don't have a quarterback situation totally settled, and they're coming on the road, and they're a two-touchdown favorite. I mean, this is a team that I, I know it's just one prediction, but the Athletic picked to finish last in the Big 12. And if the last-place team in the Big 12 is favored by two touchdowns here in Boulder, uh, I mean, that tells you how Vegas thinks of the Buffs right now. Um, I don't think the Buffs are that bad. I mean, they're, I feel like nationally they're being looked at as though they're the 2012 Buffs that we're getting – their doors blown off every single week uh, under John Embry. Um, this team is not that bad. I mean, I think that they're a better team than that. And <coughs> excuse me, um, I think the Buffs actually win this game. And I think that they're going to come out fired up on a Friday night at Folsom. I think that they've got a lot of things good going for them and a lot of things that need to happen for them, obviously. But they're as healthy as they're going to be all season. And we've always said that kind of staying healthy is a key for this team. Uh, this is about as healthy as they're going to be all season. I think they come out and win this game outright. Yeah. Um, if, you know, for those who read my, my prediction column in our preview section, uh, you know, uh, 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 last weekend, I had four and eight for the season, but I don't know. I got a feeling about this one Friday night, Folsom field. Like you said, uh, TCU isn't exactly uh, <laughs> a, a program that's been lighting the world on fire and have, has a lot of their own question marks coming into this. Um, you know, they'll be on the road under a new head coach. Don't know what you're going to get there. Obviously a lot of question marks with the buffs, but I don't know. I feel like this is one they're going to pull out. Pricking score. I don't know. Tough, (laughs) tough in these first ones. It's kind of like voting for the first, uh, AP top 25 after the first 10 teams or so. So you're kind of like, well, I think this will happen, (laughs) but you don't really know until the game starts, uh, start happening. right? Right. Um, I think it'll be close. I'm thinking something along the lines of, you know, I don't know if it's, I, I'm going to go medium scoring because I don't think it's going to be, I'm not sure if it's going to be high scoring. I don't think it's going to be low scoring, but I think the final score is going to be something along the lines, 27, 20 for the buffs. Okay. I'm somewhat similar to that. Uh, I see a little more points, but I've got 30 to 27 for the buffs and uh, you know, 30 is a pretty high number for a team that struggled to score last year, but I think that they've, you with that new coming back to <laughs> what, what's that that's something i kept coming back to when i was thinking about this like is it gonna be high scoring well this team was not high scoring at all last week you know i mean how do you yeah. how do you balance that hopefully they're improved but uh but go on i'm sorry uh, yeah I, I i mean 30 points is is a high number for what we've seen out of this offense in the last year but i'm just i'm thinking that uh you know with this new offensive scheme that they'll have some things, some wrinkles in there that uh, TCU is not going to be ready for. I think the Buffs uh, catch them a little bit and get to 30. One one quick note, Pat, I was looking up last year. 
you know, I, I'm talking about how surprised I am at this at this line TCU by 14 coming in here, and again, a team coming off uh, a five and seven season that's projected last by some to finish in the in the Big 12. Uh, last year, number five Texas A&M comes into Denver, and they were a 17 point favorite. So yeah. <laughs> the line yeah. is pretty close to the pretty close to the same as the number five team in the country coming in uh, to Denver last year. Uh, so that's where this line just kind of boggles my mind. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a, a gambler. I don't know if you are, but if I was, I'm taking these 14 points and happily putting that with the buffs and, uh, and uh, taking whatever money I can there. I, I, that's one of the most confident, one of the most, one of the things I'm most confident in is that CU is going to cover, uh, yeah. but I, I think they're going to win the game, but I, I would absolutely say they're going to cover a 14 point spread in this one. Would it be a moral victory if they did that and still lost the game, Brian Howell? No, I don't think so. Actually, you know, um, I don't. I, I think this one's huge. That you was know, sarcasm, folks. That was sarcasm. I know it was, uh, but but you know, to give you a real answer on that, and I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that this team, um, you picked four and eight. Uh, I picked four and eight as well. We can talk about the season here in a minute, but um, I think if you're going to get to four and eight, you better win this game. Absolutely. And I wrote that in the column. You don't want to put too much on one game. I get that. It's a 12 game season. Uh, You know, the idea is to improve every week. I understand that. But if you don't get this one, um, the way I laid it out. So I put, uh, well, I'll I'll review uh, what I had in my column the other day. I said four and eight. I thought they'd get this first one. I don't like the two road game, non-conference road games at Air Force and Minnesota. I put those in the loss column. And then that gauntlet at the end, um, you know, kind of when I do these, I I fill in what I think is going to be a definite win. I fill in what I think is going to be a definite loss uh, looking at it here uh, at the end of August. And then I kind of go through there, uh, you know, a handful of kind of pick them games or swing games or whatever you want to call them and, and, and kind of figure it out from there. I don't like the gauntlet at the end, the four game run at the end of this uh, beginning with home against Oregon at USC, at Washington, and home against Utah. Uh, obviously, Oregon and Utah looking to be possibly, you know, certainly in Utah's case, uh, two of the toughest teams in the conference at USC. Um, and then, you know, at Washington, I don't know what to think of that team. Um, you know, they, they, they could be struggling at that point of the season um, like they were when they came to Boulder last year. Uh, but I don't like I don't like the road environs for the buffs in that one late in the season. Uh, so those four down the stretch is going to be a tough run for the buffs, I think. In between, uh, I like I like putting W's in for Cal at home. I like putting W's in for both Arizona game, at Arizona and, and home against Arizona State. Uh, and that kind of leaves three a little bit up in the air uh, at Oregon State, home against UCLA and home against TCU. I made the contention that they'll get at least one of those. Uh, and the one that's obviously most likely uh, to be gotten by the buffs is this one against TCU. Again, you don't want to put too much on one game, but uh, as far as openers go, that can swing a season one way or the other. Uh, this has the feel of that kind of game. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Cause I think if you lose this one, uh, you're staring at a possible Owen four start, uh, which then, you know, creates uh, the potential for, you know, a, a pretty bad season. You know, I, I, if you get this one, you know, I, I think you have some momentum and some potential to go down to the Air Force Academy and win next week. And um, I'm with you that I put, I was looking at the schedule. I'm like, all right, what are some, 
some sure wins, some sure losses. I'm not sure there's any sure wins <laughs> on this schedule, uh, but I think that you look at November and you went through that, but I think there's at least three sure losses, and it's Oregon, Utah, and USC. I mean, you mentioned Oregon, Utah being two of the contenders, and then you got USC with that, you know, let's just call it a free agent class that they signed uh, this last year. They should be one of the best teams in the country, and you know, could very well win that conference. I mean, those are the three favorites to win the conference, and uh, CU's got to play the top three teams in the conference in the last four games of the season. Um, and then, you know, you have a trip to Washington, and like you mentioned, who knows what the Huskies look like, but last time CU won in Seattle was 1989, so uh, they haven't beaten the Huskies up there in a long time, and uh, yeah, I think the Huskies are going to be in better shape than they were when they came here in Boulder last year. So, I think October is huge for this team. I think there's a potential to go undefeated in, in October. But if you're going to do anything like that, you better have a pretty decent September. And it, it starts with you got to beat TCU. Maybe you get Air Force. I don't think they're going to get Minnesota. I put that as kind of a sure loss. And then maybe you get a UCLA. And if you're 2-2 two and two going into October, then maybe you can run the table and you're bowl eligible. So I think there is potential here, Pat, but I – I'm not going to pick it. I think they win four games, and I'm, I've got pretty much the same four wins as you do, but I think there are some swing games that could get them even higher than that or even lower. <laughs> yeah. That's why we call them swing games, Brian Howell. Yeah. Well, th- and that's the thing yeah. is this schedule, you know, that's why I think people say that it's it's a tougher schedule than last year. Um, to me, it's only one. it's only one game that's different, and it's instead of UNC at home, you basically have, uh, you know, TCU at home, or you could swap out, you know, instead of UNC, you got Air Force. There's only really one game that's different, but um, you don't have that gimme. And I think that this schedule has got three or four sure losses, and then you got a, like eight swing games. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes it tough to, you know, really put much money or, or much uh, or, or a whole bucket of faith in the buffs is that there's way too many swing games and not enough you look at and say, yeah, that's a definite win. Yeah, well, CU simply doesn't have the track record or the pedigree to to look at too many games and say, hey, that's a win. Yeah, no question. And you know, they did. Ha- they had that one last year. <laughs> UNC, you could look at and say, yeah, that's a win. And they don't have that game this year, so um, that's why this game this week I think is so pivotal. And uh, they better come out in, on Friday night and win it, or else this could be a long season. <laughs> longer for you my friend but uh i'm looking forward to it uh you know it's been a while since uh w- we've been out there and obviously always a lot of excitement for the opener friday night under the lights should be a great one yeah i think it'll be a lot of fun and, and i don't know what attendance is like when i asked last week uh it was only about forty thousand tickets sold which is kind of low for a couple of power five teams but uh they always pretty they always have a pretty good amount of sales in that last week. I would guess around 45,000 and you get 45,000 fans in there on a Friday night should be a pretty good weather uh, ESPN game. I think it's going to be kind of rocking. I mean, I, I love night games at Folsom field. So I think it's going to be a pretty good environment. And I think that the buffs thrive off that and uh, win this football game. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking too. And uh, definitely looking forward to soaking it in. You don't know how this season is going to go. So it's going to go. So, uh, let, let's uh, let's lap up uh, the, the good vibes and the great atmosphere while we can. Yeah, let's do it. And, uh, hey, we'll, we'll be back next week, and we'll uh, we'll talk about this game and see how it went for the Buffs and, uh, and preview 
what could be maybe another pivotal week <laughs> as, as they go to Air Force. So um, I think that'll do it for this episode. Anything else you want to add? Uh, just real quickly, uh, a couple other sports have off and rolling on off to pretty good starts. Volleyball went 3-0 and in their opening weekend in home invitational and uh, have a big one this Saturday. They're hosting a couple of matches in the annual Pac-12 Big Ten Challenge, starting off with 19th-ranked Illinois on Saturday. So a good start for Jesse Mahoney's club. Uh, they'll see exactly where they stand up uh, you know, against a, a top 25 foe on, on Saturday. And then the soccer team, off to a great start. They just moved up to number uh, up from 25 to number 20 uh, in the in national rankings. Uh, they're they're 3-0-1. Uh, they got a tie the other day at BYU. It wasn't a win, but it was a heck of an effort by the Buffs. They uh, twice rallied from one goal down at BYU. The defending uh, NCAA runner-up last year lost the title game in uh, in penalty kicks and uh, were ranked number nine going into the match, but the Buffs battled them. Battled them to a draw, uh, moved up five spots in the poll, and uh, have a couple home games this weekend uh, beginning Thursday against Texas A&M Commerce. So high-scoring team so far. Shira James off to a great start uh, with five goals in the first four games. And uh, still early, but uh, a lot to be excited about with that team. Yeah, you always love a come-from-behind tie. Yeah, well, (laughs) playing a top-ten team definitely feels like a win. Yeah, you'll take that, obviously, in soccer. That's one of the about the only sport it could happen, but uh, yeah, great result for the buffs and uh, those two teams off to a great start. And we'll see if the other fall sports uh, team can, can uh, match uh, that type of start on Friday night uh, with the football team. So I think that'll wrap it up, Pat. And uh, we'll be back next week to preview another game. Looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to Friday night and everyone. Thanks for listening.